room's got a ring to it like a wedding bow. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 53 of the Ghost Lights podcast. Ghosties, I love y'all. I'm glad you're here with me today. You get to sit down and listen to our conversation with Bill Dennison. Bill, how the hell are you? Sam, I am. Couldn't be better. Nice. Couldn't be better. How the hell are you? I am. Uh, I'm doing pretty damn good. It's been it's been a good week this far. No no more school that I have to worry about necessarily. Um, out of, outside of a handful of meetings, been rehearsing uh, and uh, doing these podcasts, which has been a lot of fun for me. Yeah. Where exactly again? You're in Washington D.C. Well, close to close to. I'm in Maryland. I'm about an hour uh, east of uh, Baltimore. So. Oh, no. Yeah, little town, Cecil County, um, no one's ever heard of, um, but that's where I am. And it's like, you know, about an hour from Baltimore, an hour and a half out of D.C. Yeah, that's where I am. We've officially made the Ghost Lights podcast a coast-to-coast experience. We've yeah. done a couple of podcasts over in California via the Zoom, and now we're, now we're sitting in your backyard just a little outside of Baltimore. So big ups to the Orioles and the Ravens. I uh, like Lamar Jackson, but I hope they don't win the Super Bowl. Yeah, well, the, I wouldn't worry about it, honestly. So it's probably, yeah, yeah. probably not going to happen. So they've, they've already had enough. They took one from my Niners. I'm done. I'm done watching the Ravens fans be happy. That's yeah. You know what? And I'm also, you know what? I'm very impressed with how I'm carrying on this sports conversation so well right yeah, now. You're doing I mean, a great job this far. Thank you. Just, just, a, just a trivia question for you, Mr. Trivia Guy. Yeah. What color are the home jerseys of the Baltimore Ravens? Uh, uh, I want to go with uh, purple, Sam. Is it purple? Oh, you are correct, sir. Oh, uh, right. Wow. What do I win? A uh, sip of your own beer. Oh, excellent. Great yeah, prize. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, today we are unofficially brought to you by the cold, cold beverage known as Modelo. It's a nice Mexican cerveza. Open one up and uh, be whisked away to the beaches of Cancun. I don't know why you're the unofficial. You should be the official spokesperson of Modelo after that. I think so. I mean, I, I, I could totally do one of those really intense commercials that's lit very darkly and talking about how Sam Gilstrap works every day in Denver Public Schools and comes home <laughs> with a nice Modelo. Anyway. Well, the most uninteresting man in the world. That's <laughs> right. Sam Gilstrap yeah. is the most uninteresting man in the world. Yeah. <laughs> I don't normally drink beer, but when I do, I drink what's cheap. Yeah. <laughs> sold yeah. sold Ooh, fuck yeah, that's great is it cold is it cheap yay yeah. it's nice. for me for me our official sponsor is susan ramsdorf terry a costume local costume designer here in colorado she is making masks with your favorite fabrics from star wars the avengers and anything specific in terms of solid colors that you might like $10 gets you a mask, you stay safe, and you look damn good. If you're interested in uh, getting one of those masks, please feel free to hit her up on Facebook in a private message or email us at theghostlights at outlook.com, and that way we can get you in touch so you can get your mask and stay safe and look damn good. Ah, there we go. All the homework's out of the way. Nice. You nailed it. Knocked yeah. it out of the park, baby. How have you been doing with the uh, the lockdown, the quarantine? Uh, you know what? I've been, I almost feel bad saying it because, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of people are suffering. But for me, you know, it was rough at first, but um, I've actually been doing uh, really well. Uh, you know, like when, uh, so, you know, it's like for, for us, it's like theater people. It was, uh, it, it was a real like standstill. Uh, with in terms of finding work and all of that but when I got turned on to the COVID-19 theatrical response team stuff um, you know I got so busy with that you know doing you know I was able to do they were so grateful enough to keep having me back to do more shows and then you know I got involved with Curtis Johns and Brian McDonald and Elena Real with doing the the dramatic distancing festival and all of that so you know it was like kind of um, for the first time I was able to, I was so busy with stuff I actually wanted to be busy with. And, um, and it's been so like, it's been so gratifying uh, for me. So my, my lockdown experience has been, I've been lucky enough to have a really positive lockdown experience where we're like finding new ways to bring theater and, and all that to people. So um, 
yeah, it's been it's been good for me. It's been good. Nice. No, it's great that you've been able to stay focused on something and connected. It, it's yeah. one of those things I know, like, like I was, I often mention is that there was a little bit of pushback on me, but like once you, once you dive into it and give it a hundred percent, like it's, it's definitely worth it. And it, it doesn't necessarily provide a sense of normalcy, but it provides you with a sense of purpose. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And pur- purpose in a, in a field that, you know, it's like working in theater, we're not always like fortunate to, to have jobs one after the other, you know, like, I mean, life would be perfect, you know, if you were just working acting job after acting job, but that's not always the case. And with this, you know, it's like, while while it's not necessarily, you know, bringing in um, the, the, the money or anything, it's, it's, it's giving you a purpose, something to drive towards and just keep working on your craft, as they say, uh, and, and, and all of that. And, and, and you get, you get the freedom to, to play with new things, to, to do different things. You know, like for instance, when we did the importance of being earnest a couple of weeks ago, you know, I I've auditioned for the, the importance of being earnest multiple times and I've, I've never been cast. And, and in this, you know, I got to play Jack and honestly, you know, I'm, that's not a role that I'm probably normally going to get to play. I mean, you're, you're looking for your, your Colin Firth types, you know, those, those guys that are, you know, just like have that, that conventional handsomeness and they carry themselves like that. So to, so to be able to do something like that, where you're playing a role that you've always wanted to play and you're given this, this platform to do it on, um, it's a really great thing. And it's so cool that we can just get more. Now, I wouldn't call me playing Jack experimental, but it's cool that we can get experimental with, with certain things like that. Cool. You know, Well, it gives yeah. you an opportunity to stretch different muscles. I mean, it's, yes. cause now this is legitimately, it's about who you know. If yes. they're putting something on and they need a body where they trust you and they like your work, you've got a good shot at the very least sharpening your tools during this, this quarantine time. So yeah, I mean, it's a great opportunity in that regard, but let me just be abundantly clear folks at home. Bill is a bilf. Okay. He should <gasps> be getting the hot English guy roles. I'm just saying. <laughs> Bill is a bilf. I mean, you know, that's going to be my, I don't put that on my resume, like right below my name. I hope so. And again, I apologize. I come on, I come on strong and I see something I like. It's like, fuck yeah, let's go. Yeah. I gotta have it. I gotta have it. <laughs> I gotta make it weird. That's it's yeah. weird if you, if you let it be weird. That's right. You know what? I say, let it be weird, baby. Let it be weird. Bill, tell me something. Yeah. Theater. How did it happen to you? Well, it happened to me, I guess, you know, when I was in, I guess I would say it was in middle school. I was, at the time, I was very active in uh, the, the church I was going to, and they would have these, like, dramatic, they would, you know, do these things or whatever, these these little plays. And I did that and always liked it. Um, and it, it said something off in me. And then when I got to high school, I remember I was in 10th grade, and they were doing Music Man, and I auditioned for the Music Man. And uh, I didn't really have any experience or anything, but they gave me the role of Charlie Cow, the anvil salesman. Um, and so I did that and, um, and it was great. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't great, but it was, it was a great experience for me. And I was like, yeah, this is because, you know, I like, I never played any sports. Um, I was in marching band, but I, I didn't even know how to read music. I would, you know, like I would play tuba and I would go home and I had like my music notes and I would write above each, I would figure out like, okay, that music note is means I push the one at the two button and I would write a one and two above it. So like I did that to like fit in, but like it really didn't do anything for me. But I remember I did the music band and I was like, yeah, like this is it. Mm. This is it. I love this. So then I went back, we did God next year and, and all that. Um, and then I went to college and when I went to college, I think I sort of knew it. I knew in my mind that I definitely like, I knew I wanted to major in theater. I knew that that was what I wanted to work in. That's what I wanted to do. But um, I didn't go for it first because, you know, there was like such a stigma about it. Um, you know, people like nobody wants to hear like maybe a theater major people, you know, your, your parents, they start to worry, you know, they, they think, you know, you're, you're, you're waste maybe wasting your your education or you're going to do that um so i went i think i went i went through just about every other degree there was i started with like um like landscape um planning or something like city planning i was a i was an education major at one point 
and it wasn't until my junior year of college that I was like, I like, I don't want to do any of this stuff. I just want to be a theater major. Yeah. And I told my parents and I was really, really, really scared to tell them that I wanted to be a theater major. Um, and they were great about it. They were so totally supportive. They were like, you know, if that's what you want to do, then do it. Just go all in and do it. So I did. And, um, you know, I stayed a little longer than the four years to, so to complete everything. But, you know, I became a theater major and, um, and that's just what I knew I wanted to do. You know? Yeah. It was great that you had that support during that time. It was great. Um, it was great because so many, so many other of students that I went to school with did not have that. You know, they were continuously nervous to go home to their parents to have to listen to, you know, like go home at Thanksgiving and have to listen to uh, how, you know, they're like throwing away their education or how this just isn't something that's viable and all of that. But I never, I never had that. I never where, had that. Where in the, the country did you go to college? Uh, so I went to Frostburg State University, which was honestly, I grew up in a town called Cumberland, Maryland. And um, Frostburg State was seriously like a 15 minute drive. Um, it was just, it was a local school. And they have, um, you know, it's in the middle of, it, seemingly in the middle of nowhere in Maryland, but um, they have a really dynamite theater program. Uh, you know, they've got like a really nice black box theater as well as a proscenium theater and just some really great professors there. So I, uh, yeah, I, I really can't speak highly enough about that, about that department and that school. So, yeah. Yeah. Great. What was it about um, the music man in middle school that lit your fire? Well, I think specific piece. I I think well. So for one thing, I I think that honestly, um, it could have been anything. I, I think it would have that really would have lit my fire. But for for Music Man and for the role of Charlie Cow was, it was one of the. That role is I want to say is the closest thing to an antagonist that maybe that that play has i mean harold hill is you know he's like a swindler and all that but but charlie cow is really out to you know stop the whole thing so i it, it was really sort of a taste of being um he's not a villain but it was like it was the taste of like playing something that fun you know can i, and, can um, I take a stab at, at why this was such a seamless transition yeah you you were feeling like an imposter in a marching band so you went and yeah, played exactly. in a musical about an imposter leading a marching band it all just seemed right. It just seemed right. This <laughs> embodied voice. Um, he also was a, in the marching band. Oh yeah. What did you? What did? Uh, what did you play, Dan? I was in the drum line. Uh, of course you were. Did you play right snare? Nick Cannon, right next to yeah. Nick. Cannon. I was a. I was a quad player. I started in middle school with tri toms, and then went to quads and six tuplets, and uh, I played in the drum line all the way through college. You see, this is how much of an imposter I, I don't even know what the hell any of that meant, but it, you, you played drums. I played the toms. The toms. Okay. It sounds like you had like three friends that were both named Tom. Yeah. <laughs> and I played them you both. played them. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So uh, what we learned is that uh, Dan is a, a user. He uses people. Yeah. <laughs> We've learned a lot. We've learned a lot about Dan and this yeah. Ghost Light podcast with me, Bill Dennis. So. Um, Mothers lock up your daughters. He would. Yeah. Um, well, that that got that got a little weirder than I wanted it to sound. <laughs> but, I, but, I'm, but I don't want it to be edited out. So that, that we'll just keep driving forward. Yeah. So it, is there any truth to that? Like, from a, from a real, it's, it's he's. I don't know if he's necessarily making a joke, but I think it is a very interesting point that like you had, you had said that you didn't fully like know what you were doing in the marching band. Like, is there anything to that? Like, oh no, this makes more sense than what I'm trying to do in this other avenue. You know, I've never, ever, ever thought of it like that. And maybe, you know what, Dan? Maybe Dan has like unlocked something. Now all of my problems are going to be solved. And I'm just this going is to a breakthrough. You can you can move out of your folks' basement now. Yeah. Again, I yeah, exactly. I can transcend. And you know, yeah. But um, you know, I I don't I don't know. There's a truth to it. I um. You know, I just think it was, I mean, I definitely joined, so I joined marching man just because, you know, it was like, it was a way to make friends mm -hmm. and all of that. And then uh, the money was good. Yeah. The, the money was great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I was like, I was able to buy all the Dungeons and Dragons books and the Sobe books that I, uh, yeah, of course the money you could buy. Yeah. 
Well, I tell you, I will tell you though, a lot, so a lot of the things that I got into were as a result of like my friends were doing this. So I wanted to do that's so great. I auditioned for this play because again, my friends were doing it. Mm-hmm. I did the March band. I didn't really, I enjoyed it, but I didn't like have that fire about it. But it, when I did the play, I was like, it was like, yes, yes, nice. this is, this is something to get excited about. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah. What has changed from the boy that started to get excited about the music man and the being a performer to the man that I speak to today? Um, what has changed? Well, I've put on some in terms weight. Of the um, perspective on the art itself. Uh, well, you know, perspective. So I. So the excitement, honestly, the excitement has not changed. I, I still get. I still feel that every time I'm about to do something uh, you know approach a, a piece or something i still have that same excitement that i had in 10th grade um that has not changed um i certainly have more uh respect for it um you know like not not to say i didn't have respect but but through training and everything you you know you, you it's impossible not to to gain that um yeah. you know uh and, and you look back on things that you did and you're like oh my god that was why why were you doing why were you doing that that way um so experience, I mean, experience certainly has, has, has changed, but, um, but the, 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 the excitement and the drive has, has not, for me, has not changed. Mm. You know? Yeah. What gets you the most excited? Um, I just, you know, I think that what gets me the most excited is, is getting to, but, you know, with, with theater, you're often like, you know, when you do, so a lot of times you do film, you're taking on uh, a role that uh, that is newly created has never been you know has never been done so that's totally up to you and you know and the director and the writer as well but it's totally up to you to create that when you do theater you are playing characters that have already been um, established you're 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 finding characters that that are, you know maybe hundreds of people have played like Music Man for example so what gets me excited is finding new depths to things finding those things that like. I don't know, like nobody has ever found before, um, you know, of something, something that's like Shakespeare, for example, you know, it's like, this, you know, like a million different, there's a million different ways to interpret all these characters, but you'll always, you as a person will always find something unique about that. And I think that's exciting is, is, is how, as how each one of us interprets, even if it's the most minute detail, we, we find something to interpret different. And I think that's really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. The, it's it's the exploration into the like into the unknown. It, it's it's I'm probably laying it on a little thick there, but I mean it really is about find like, even in the plays that have been done over and over again is finding something new to mine and and understanding that it's going to be new to you. Period. And then from there, there's already some great stuff to mine yeah yes absolutely yeah when you started out you you mentioned that you were you know auditioning because your friends had gotten involved um and now we're talking about how you you finally have a reference not finally but you develop this reverence and a respect for the to the minute stuff of getting getting some of the work done how is the process built up within you to get to that level what were some of the things you're like, oh, maybe if I, you know, I want to explore this, or did you seek a coach because you weren't asking yourself those questions? Uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely sought a, a coach to find, you know, those like those deeper things. And and when I went to, you know, um, that's why I, I do credit so much to like uh, when I went to school at Frostburg because, you know, when you're young, when I was younger, it was like, Oh, this is who I'm playing, and I will just go and I will pretend and I will do this, and you know, and I'll like, you know, maybe yuck it up over here. But uh, you know, when when you went to school, like you really learned, it, like it it blew my mind that um, that like people would like take things with characters, and they would really take things line by line, and uh, like you could be asking, you could be asking like the most simple of questions, like I don't know, like like something like who are you, and mm-hmm. and like I remember like my acting coach would be like it's like why why are you saying that and i was like well shit i don't know i didn't really thought of it i didn't really thought of it like that you know and so like it it, it excited me that people would like hone in on 
on things like that, like so tightly. And, um, and so that, that changed, that, that certainly changed my process. It was like, you know, like analyzing every single, just like every single line, every single word, uh, why, why they say this and in relation to other people. So that, yeah, that, that was something that definitely changed for me. Um, as opposed to a younger actor in, into now. Um, Are you focused or into the minute stuff um, in any other aspects of your life? I mean, it, I think it's definitely, it definitely does like uh, bleed over. I think it's impossible not to. Um, and it's, I don't know that's always a good thing. I mean, sometimes you read in, you can like, you know, read into what other people are saying. And sometimes there's really nothing to read into. And that can like, that can get, that can make things more complicated than they have to be. Yeah. Um, uh, but it can also give you, I think, really great insight too. And uh, it can make you a good listener. And it can, you know, it, I think it can definitely make you like a, a better person, a more compassionate person too. And, you know, and for me, like compassion is, compassion is like such a big thing. Cause I mean, I think it's lacking in the world, um, mm -hmm. you know, where people just don't care about, you know, I don't want to say they don't care about each other, but they're not willing to like, listen to what someone else has to say or someone uh, someone who disagrees with them you know it's just like so many people these days just write each other off so quickly and i think things like the internet don't don't help with that um i really could go off on a tangent on this but the the, the point i'm trying to make is, is is with acting um because you're analyzing those characters so much and because you're analyzing what other characters say to you it's impossible for it for you not to go into your real life mm -hmm. and and just really try to like think about things from other people's perspectives. Yeah. Um, and um, so, yeah, I, I think um, for me, I, I think it's made me a better, I hope that it's made me a better person. Well, you know? definitely. I think, I, I mean, I, I want to nitpick in your, your syntax there. I think the word you should be using is empathize, working at empathize. empathize. Yes, I agree. Yeah, you're right. That's a much, much better term. Yeah. And it's, it, you can't, I, I, I find, the idea, and I'm sure they exist. I am fortunate enough that in my Gulliver's travels, I haven't encountered an actor who is like blatantly racist, right? Yeah. I haven't, I haven't encountered that yet. At the right. very least, yeah. they're probably really good at hiding it. And I think it's, and I think one of the things that kind of defeats that is you could probably get into the game having certain opinions about certain groups of people. But it, when you are forced to constantly be around them, or at the very least, if you're lucky, explore those stories that are not your own. Then you, from there, you do get a better understanding of not just the world, but just in, on the individual level on people. Right. Get a, a better sense of, you know, what they're going through on a day-to-day -day basis. I think one of the things that you were, you were saying before you stopped yourself going on a tangent and allow me, I will pick up this tangent for just a second is I think that we're, I mean, we, we lack a little bit of awareness. I'm speaking from my own personal experiences where I've struggled is understanding just how the world doesn't revolve around me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I, I, I've failed at that on numerous occasions. And, oh yeah. And even then you, you get better at it. And I'm thinking I'm 36. And one of the things that I've gotten really good at in this quarantine is just kind of shutting it down. Like I yeah. don't to a lot of people unless it's a zoom karaoke or zoom trivia or zoom performances or a text message with the boys and the occasional the occasional zoom workout and or social distance game of catch like that <laughs> maybe that's a lot but i'm still like I, i'm very good just waking up and turning on the video games and like i'm pretty awesome <laughs> yeah no yeah it is very it's very easy to do that i mean you know especially yeah, yeah. I mean, you just like you wake up every day and you're just seeing your own. And it's, but you know, you, I, I do the same thing, turn on the video games, and uh, I mean, there's nothing out there to like, you know, stop that. You know, like. So, and, you know. and during this time, why would you censor yourself in that? It, it's it's exactly to have the yeah. controller in your hand. It's comfort, man. It's like mm -hmm. a weighted blanket or a, you know, the a hug from your 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 op, your, your the object that you the no. The person that which you desire the most. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Or, or the, like a bowl of soup from your mom on a cold winter's day, like all oh, these yeah. oh yeah, it's just like a big, you know, it's a big piece of shepherd's pie, just you know, right oh, there. Baby. Shepherd's pie is the shit. Are it you, is the shit. How does how does your mom make it? Uh, well, um, actually, you know, it's funny. I 
Mom didn't. Mom, my mom didn't always make it. I'm one. I I sort of started making it, and then now she she makes it too. But um, what does Bull Denison make shepherd's pie? Bull Bull Denison. I used the first time I made it. I used ground beef, but I've since switched to lamb, and lamb. That's where it's at. Yeah. Oh man, it's so good. With the mash, you know, you take the the carrots and some peas. Put carrots up in you, that. What's that? You put you put carrots in there. Oh yeah, yeah. You get some some finely chopped carrots up in there, and then you you know you simmer it all up, and then you put it in the bowl, and then you get the homemade. Some people I have in a pinch use the instant mashed potatoes because you do put it in the oven. But let me tell you, if you mash your own potatoes, yeah, just like love yourself enough to to make your own mashed potatoes, right? And put it on there, yeah. yeah. And then you make little hatch marks with the fork, stick it in the oven. Oh. So this good. is this is how this is how it's done at the Gillstrap home. Yeah, and, and and then you might by me giving you this recipe, ghosties at home, you might get a better understanding for why it looks so good. <laughs> do ground beef, then we do a little bit of cream corn, Ooh. and then we put another layer of ground beef, layer of ches, cheddar, sorry cheese to some of those people at home who don't want me to mess with words. <laughs> and mashed potatoes on top of that and we do not instant mash those ever my mom has got everything else cooking and she and she's got me mashing the heck out of those if i'm home excellent i'm glad to hear it i'm glad but i tell you i gotta try that sometime that sounds amazing the, the I, li- I really like that layer of cheese in there that is uh and the cream corn yeah I've, i i've never done that with the cheese before but like you know you just You've really just like opened my shepherd's pie third eye here. Yeah. I like I, I need to try that with the cream corn and the cheese. Whoa. I'm like a deep colon cleanse right now for you. <laughs> We're just getting all that nonsense out of the way for the real for the realness. <laughs> Put that layer of cheese in there, you will not regret it. Oh, absolutely not. We need to you want to get fancy with it, put whatever cheese you want in there. Gouda, freaking pepper jack. Who am I to judge? Sharp cheddar? Yeah, yeah, do it all. If you do want to put all. hamburger in there, you can do that. I'm not going to eat it, but do you, boo-boo. Yeah, just do what you want to do, man. <laughs> you know why? Because I'm a do-me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And now that we're talking about it, I think I'm going to yeah, I'm gonna have to make, I'm gonna have to make some shepherd's pie here at the crib. Yeah, absolutely. We yeah, need man. to have like a shepherd's pie cook-off ghost light podcast special edition. Oh, yeah. We'll, do, we'll just do like a sidebar conversation. Hopefully Dan can be free for that. Yeah, I think he can. Yep. Dan's on board, everybody. (laughs) I don't have a shepherd's pie, uh, but I but I do have a a fun similar layered uh, dish that I. Dan, nobody cares what you eat. (laughs) You you're consistent in in that thought. (laughs) I'm teasing. Go tell me what your layered your layered dip is. Uh, My my layered dish is called carne lasagna. Uh, Go on. It, it's uh, it's marinated, you know, uh, flank steak, um, and then it's uh, it's bell peppers, onions, tomatoes, uh, Spanish rice, and cheese. You go a layer of of steak, a layer of rice, a layer of veggies, a layer of cheese, a layer of steak, a layer of rice, a layer of veggies, a layer of cheese. You do you three of those layers, and then pop that in the oven. That does sound really good. Like- it's a carne lasagna. Um, I'm proud of you. Yeah. Thanks, man. That sounds delicious. I think I was really hoping for it to suck, but that just sounds like, yeah. It sounds better than my, my, my shepherd's. Yeah. It sounds better than anything we just said. (laughs) Uh, We're going to end the podcast right here. I'm (laughs) So anyway. (laughs) Oh man. I I love it when I start derailing our podcast so I can talk about food because I just get really hungry. I know, me too. I have a little quesadilla to get me through the rest of the evening. I'm like, oh, I'm feeling good. It's good. Yeah. What? Shepherd's pies on the brain now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, what have been some of the challenges for you in terms of doing the online performances? Uh, challenges. Um, you know, that. so there, there, are, there are certainly challenges with connecting with people um and that's that's not really a commentary on um the the people at all um it's you know it's like um for example like during the importance of being earnest you know i i thought you know curtis john's playing 
um, Algernon. And I thought he was a great Algernon. And I thought that we had, I thought we had some nice chemistry, but it was very rare when I was actually looking at him during the performance. And if I was, he was not looking at me. So it, it, I do think it is a challenge to try to connect with that, would connect with those people. I mean, you, you certainly can still do it. It's just another added layer. And, you know, like, and so, and then also from like a directing standpoint, like coming up, I'm directing um, this play Free to Be by Lisa Gaylord. And it, this is a story about, you know, this, this man and this, this woman. And, um, and I don't want to give too much away, but it's a very complex story and there's romantic elements to it. And it is hard to, it is hard to sort of, uh, you know, like uh, achieve that over something like Zoom when, you know, people can't touch each other. People can't, people can't even, you can't even look each other in the eye, you know. Um, so, I mean, I think that's a, what's that? Like right now, I am, I'm looking at you through like trying to be making as best eye contact as I possibly can through this pinhole yes. at the top of my laptop. And it still looks like I'm cross-eyed. Yeah, right, right. And I'm and I'm looking you in the eye, but it doesn't. Yeah. Oh, on camera, it doesn't look that way. Exactly. No. And now, um, now try and have an intimate moment where you lean in the camera and you're like, Yeah, exactly. How exactly. Is it? it looks terrible because yeah, I'm right. not looking at anything, and the people at home are like, Is he gonna lick his computer? Yeah, right. Exactly. And then, and so like from another standpoint, there there are actually some nice things you can do with that like you know for um for the dramatic distancing i wrote a piece um called demented villagers which was about this you know like tyrannical artistic director who was like that and uh and so like i i I, you know you're given instances to play with something like that where you know like you're you're having these two people who are supposed to be you know like lovers in this play and you know you're having them like just camera and and look at you know and and so like i mean from from uh from that sort of standpoint, um, from a comedic standpoint, there's a lot to play with. But if you're really trying to tell a story, it can be a challenge. And again, not impossible, but no. definitely some hurdles, yeah. extra hurdles. I think, I think one, of the, one of the things, and, and again, ghosties who have been listening since we started doing this via Zoom, they kind of understand one of the things that I harp on a lot is it takes commitment. It takes like 100%. Like, okay, so these are the given circumstances. This is where I am. This is where I have to do this piece from. There is no going. There is no meeting up right now. I mean, you can. Some of the restrictions have been lifted. But say you're, you know, we're, we're playing it safe. So we're staying at home. Yeah. Um, what it then takes is it takes that complete buy-in that this is the new stage. This is the new boards. This is where I reside. And from there, I think it develops this awesome challenge of focusing not on the physical proximity of the connection of lust or love, but to to take a specific example, like what we're talking about, and then really kind of puts that into where does the focus go? What am I looking at? Okay, so if, it, if I'm watching right now, I've got your image pinned so me and you can have this conversation where my eyes aren't dotting back and forth and checking in with me because, like I said, I'm so good looking. Um, <laughs> but like now I'm able to focus, like, and I can see the reflection off the glasses from the computer. I can see your beautiful smile when I make you laugh. I can tell that you're wearing a Frasier shirt, and I love Frasier. And I want to talk to you about that moment where Niall starts the episode doing doing the ironing and then he he cuts his finger and he starts to bleed and he oh the valentine's episode yeah yeah that's a yeah it's like one of the best opening moments of any show i've ever watched it's so good it's so good he just passes out and then the fire starts up and then the smoke alarm goes off and then he's you know he's back yeah david i pierce knocked it out of the park he really did it's a great physical comedy bit it's so good it's so good and Um, it's so unlike anything else in that show like there's yeah. not a lot of quote unquote slapsticky humor, and that was brilliant. Yeah, it was it was brilliant, and it was brilliantly done by the character who would least likely have any sort of slap. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I I love that. I love that, and I love that you know that moment. I just like that's so yeah. <laughs> I love Frazier. Me too. Me too, man. Um, you know something that scrambled eggs. <laughs> again. Yeah. I think you sang that for us in karaoke, and I'm very proud of you. 
Thank you. As if Thank I had you. anything to do with it, I'm proud. <laughs> I told him to make that choice. <laughs> Sublimity, yes. This is like sing, toss salads, and scrambled eggs. <laughs> sing it. <laughs> something you said though about the uh i i kind of think it's funny and i want to touch on i think you posted something about it on instagram was like on zoom doing these things like it is hard not to look at yourself you know mm. um and it it's it's kind of it's like it's kind of weird and it's like it's like narcissistic like i don't i don't know but like it's 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 hard to just you know i mean when you're on stage like you don't get to look at yourself but in this medium yeah. you can you know like oh like that's what i'm doing and then you know you and i wear glasses so you can relate it's like well i have to the light is like glaring on my glasses so i have to tilt my head like this oh yeah like when i when i do the head the right and i get my little halo yeah. i have these like glowing eyes here yeah or it almost looks like you're looking at like robot boobs or something you know it's like yeah, yeah. and i'm yeah. not into that yeah <laughs> really no i'm not into robot porn oh thank Give you it a shot man uh no thank you <laughs> not that i'm not against it's not like i'm against pornography yeah no, no of course i'm just against robo porn in all of its forms yeah. <laughs> understandable yeah <laughs> like, i prefer the, i prefer the real thing <laughs> and by real thing i mean the images that i look at because no one will have me <laughs> yeah by the real thing i mean porn with real people <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly you monster you <laughs> monster <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Um yeah, but again, it, it's I think the challenges are all that we all kind of face in this new medium is this is the the connection piece. Yes. Cuz I'll tell you one thing is like I mean, I'd like I'd I mean I love all the the opportunities that we've that Bradley and Dan and and myself have created to like connect with people via this medium. But then after a while that gets really exhausting sitting in yeah. front of a camera and like not being able to like shake your hand or give you a pat on the back for a good joke or just or just actually sit there in the same room exactly the same oxygen and not worry about it yeah I, I i agree it is it can it can be exhausting and and it's like you know and and it's also just so weird because it's like you know like i've i've been like talking and like i see i almost said i've i almost just said i've been hanging out with you guys but I've never been hanging out with you guys. Like, you know, like I've been like doing this, but yeah. you know, but it's been like a couple months now. And it, it, in some ways it, it does feel like that. It, but I'm like, it's, it's so like, I'll, I'll just start and think about it sometimes. And I'm like, I'll just like go crazy. I'll be like, wow, I, I, you know what? Like I spent every Saturday with like Dan and Sam and Bradley and Curtis and like, and I've never met these guys in real life, you know, like, and we will, we will. Oh, yeah. It's just like it's it's such a it's 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 great it's great but it's it's also just like so bizarre when you really think about it. Absolutely. Yeah. One yeah. of the things that you do that I want to make sure that we draw attention to today is that you host a Thursday night trivia thing every week via Facebook. That's true. Yes, sir. First question, first question is this: How did you become a trivia master? Well, you know, it's fine. I um I came up with it i came up doing it because i was looking for a way i was living right now with my best friend paul and his wife katie and i was just looking for certain ways to just like break up the monotony among us and really honestly one night what i was going to do was i was just going to uh write some trivia questions and i was going to play it with them and i was just going to be like let's just pretend like we're in a pub and you know you're playing trivia and you come up and you bring answers to me and my friend was like, yeah, he's like, hey, like, you should maybe you should like put it on Facebook. And I thought, like, well, okay, like maybe I'll maybe I'll just go live with it on Facebook and like, you know, like two people will play or something like that. And like the first night I did it, like 30 people showed up to play. And um, you know, like 30 is like, you know, it's not like a lot of people, but when I was expecting two, it was a decent amount of people. Um, you know, so we're playing it, it was gonna be a one-time thing, but it was such like a big hit and um and I had like a little like ten dollar cash prize, not that big of a deal, but um, but people like were so excited by about it that they're like, do it again, do it again, do it again. Uh, so I was like, oh, I was like, okay, you know. So like I was like, I'll try a week, I'll try a second week. Um, and so like it just kept evolving because like more and more interest was happening, and, and also I was having fun. With it. Like it's fun, you're like you know, like I'm I'm a nerd, so like it's it's fun to sit there on the internet and like research 
different things and obscure facts and all that and um and then like i make little playlists for them every week and that's fun to me so like i mean it's definitely was driven by like my own self-interest but people people really seem to be into it too so um and here i am about to do week 10 tomorrow week 10 yeah week 10 what time yeah. does it pop off uh 7:30 eastern time 5:30 mountain time everybody um, else can figure it out but yeah yeah. Um, do you have a sponsor for this week? I do. There's a salon in my hometown, Danny Davis Salon, and they're they're sponsoring. And um, yeah, and that's the other cool thing too is is uh, like local businesses um, uh, came forward and said like, hey, we want to put up the money this week, so I give them a little like shout out, like a little advertising plug, and then they just put up you know, you know, just like a like a little bit of money and um, and out there. And so it's cool. Like, and it also like adds some like legitimacy legitimacy to it. Too, which is kind of nice nice yeah well uh check your venmo hang on i'm looking oh Come. hey hey awesome i'll put you guys on next week that's perfect awesome. thanks sam of course Ghost, all right ghost lights podcast yeah and the covid19 theatrical response team sponsored one week too so i mean we're like we're like you we're nationwide baby yeah, so. we're making that reach. It's eventually it's going to be global. Exactly. I actually had two downloads in Africa. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. In 2019, two downloads in Africa. What? What was your like? Is that like what? Like what went through your head when you like you just like logged on and saw that? Like, I was dumbfounded. Yeah. Like, I'm sure someone was like just doing a random search and thought the name was interesting or something, and like. Just like, oh, okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> that was not an impersonation. It was, just a, it was just a guy thinking it through. Like, okay, that sounds good. Yeah, right. I downloaded two episodes. Maybe they listened to him. Maybe they didn't listen to him. But I'm like, oh, Africa, baby. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Toto would be proud, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Zing to me. Zing to me on my own pod. Son of a gun. <laughs> That's what Bull does. What can I say? <laughs> you know what Bull also does? He answers rapid-fire questions. Oh, excellent. Bring them on, baby. Okay. Um, if you are uncomfortable at any time, you can pass these off to me, okay? Okay, sure. Where do you get your news from? Um, I get my news from uh, mainly I, I look at NPR or uh, BBC. Those are sort of the ones that I have on my phone. To What's, the uh, first one? what's that? What was the first one? Uh, like NPR. NPR. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, I, I mean, I definitely am more like, you know, I, I certainly am more liberal leaning, but um, I, I try to find things that I think maybe are, it, it is hard to find things that are not biased, um, you know, and, and so like, you know, I, um, and there are people out there who will tell me that NPR and BBC are biased and that's probably true, but I do feel like I get more of a straight shot with them. So that's who I choose. I also, you know, like, I, I'm also a really big fan of using, you know, um, like, the, you know, comedic sources. I, I think it's so cool that we live in, like, an age where, uh, like, you know, guys like uh, Trevor Noah or, or Jon Stewart when he was doing his thing. Um, the goat, Jon Stewart. Yeah, exactly, the goat. That they present things to you in, like, in this way that just makes it so accessible. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I love that, too. But, and it gives you a place for the outrage. Exactly. Exactly. I find, I find that's why I love um, those types of shows. Last week, last week tonight, and uh, the Patriot Act as well. Yeah, it gives me a really nice place to go. Like, God, this is fucking crazy. Yeah, but at least I can laugh about it. Exactly. Exactly. I, I think that's honestly is such a like it, it is such a it's a service because um, it, imagine if you didn't have that. I mean, we would just all be. I mean, like you just hear about this shit without without that sort of context. Mm -hmm. Angry, angry people. And, yeah, you know. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. What movie do you feel deserves a sequel? It's a really good question. Um, it is. Uh, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say um, UHF with Weird Al Yankovic from mm -hmm. 1989 absolutely deserves a sequel. I think um, you're absolutely right. You know, like I, I mean, I'm a really big Weird Al fan. I've seen him live like five times. But here's um, the question: Yeah, do you bring back Michael Richards? 
That's a, you know, that's a really tough question because, you know, after his, after that, you know, um, outburst yeah. from whatever yeah. year it was. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a tough, that's a tough thing. Um, I think, I mean, honestly, I think it could be done without Stanley Spadowski. I think, I, I think in my opinion, the main draw of it is Weird Al and Weird Al has like aged so well. I mean, and he's gone from being a novelty act to just being an act. And yeah. I think that a movie like, you know, you, like UHF when it came out was totally unappreciated. It got horrible reviews. Yeah. But if that movie came out now, I think it'd be a smash comedy. You know, like it would be great. So to see a sequel with, you know. But here's the thing. That movie needed to come out when it did because the people who are now the arbiters of culture and like, oh man, UHF deserves a sequel. Like, I think if that movie comes out now, You'd be so up your own butt, you wouldn't know what to do with that movie. Well, that is true. No, you you are right. Like it it, it yeah, it absolutely did need to come out when it did. Because now and now, if that movie came out as it was it, today, it would it would probably get it would just get lost, yeah. you know. But um, yeah, but it was it was definitely like a cultural. Uh, it was a piece of its time and all that. But um, but if they did UHF two now, you know, with like I mean, he's he's a master with parody and all that, and there is a lot to parody now. I think it could. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I think you're right. That's that's one of the best answers I've heard to that question. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Mm -hmm. uh, what is your uh, phone wallpaper? My phone wallpaper is the uh, the Scottish flag. Ah. Scottish flag. Are you a Scotsman? Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Are you a Scotsman? I'm a Scotsman. That's right. Uh, yeah. Um, you know. Um, that's my. Uh, all my family is. You know, like. I'm just talking weird. Go ahead. <laughs> it's not bad. Like it's not bad. You got there. But you know, all my family is um is from Scotland, and we're in the Burns clan. And so I've always been very proud of that heritage. And do you um, up ever? What's that? Yeah. Do you rock a kilt ever? I've. You know what, man? I I want a kilt so bad. But like when I get a kilt, I want it to be like the real deal. And yeah. they are very very expensive. Yes. Um, but my dream is that if I would ever get married, I would get married in my kilt. So um, you've been warned, ladies. Uh, yeah. The kilt stays on. The kilt stays oh, yeah, on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For yeah. everything. Yeah, exactly. On the lawn. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Dropping the kids off at school. And, uh, and, I, and I wear that shit traditionally. So, you know. Oh, yeah, you do. Yeah. Come on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which living musician would you pay the most money to see? Um, I would have to living living musician. Um, yeah, out. Uh, no, no, I, I mean, I've seen, I've I've seen him live so many times. Now, definitely, I will there will be more. I mean, you haven't lived until you've been in a polka mosh pit. I'll just say that. But, um, <laughs> but. Honestly, the, the artist right now, right now that I would pay the most living to see would be Elton John. I, I've seen Elton John live with Billy Joel, um, and that was great. But he's on his um, farewell Yellow Brick Road tour now. Well, it's been put on hold because of COVID, but um, he's really just retiring. So I think right now I would pay the most to see him just because he is such a legend. And, um, and this is it. So, yeah, I would definitely shell out the big bucks to see Elton John. Nice. That's a good, a good answer as well. Thank what you. was your first car? My first car was a 2000 Subaru Legacy. And uh, yeah, I put about 300,000 miles on that before it died. 300,000 miles before it died on you? Yeah, it was Bravo. a beast. Bravo. It was a beast. Thank you. Thank you. And it, and it tore it up in the snow too. Like nothing I've had since. But that, that car was a, just a... It's a magnificent piece of machinery. <laughs> <laughs> what conspiracy theory do you kind of believe the most? Oh, wow. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it's an official theory, but I know there is this, like, theory that all of, like, the major events that happen are, like, orchestrated somehow. And I don't know if I, I don't know if I believe it, but I'll say this. If it came, if it came to light to be true, I would not be surprised. So I, I don't know. I don't know if there's any that like, I just full on believe, but like, if you told me that things like, 
like all this stuff is like orchestrated by the Illuminati or something. I would be like, yeah, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Also, lizard people, I could see that being a thing. I could see lizard people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why not? Why not? Like, yeah, like, like, like if you told me Donald Trump is a lizard person, I would be like, oh, that. I, I'm actually relieved to hear that because that sounds better than the fact that he's just like a normal person. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I could, I could totally buy into that. Yeah. All right then, I support yeah. that. I, yeah. I, I would love it if Bat Boy was a person. Oh, that would be great. Oh my yeah. God. I like Bat Boy's like he's got a like, he's retired now, living in like the South Side of Connecticut. Yeah. I have a couple of bat, bat children running around. I yeah, I would love that. I'd be like, why, why have we been sitting on this? And like, you know, I, I we think well, like I mean, he, he was, he, he was in the public eye for quite a long time. And I think when he finally, you know, came of age and lost some of that, you know, that, that bad boy cuteness that uh, he, you know, he, he buckled down, did his schoolwork and, you know, became a computer engineer and retired yeah, young. Yeah. He, I mean, he wrote it out. Like, it's like, like Gary Coleman, you know, he just like, he took advantage of those years. And, yeah. And the yeah. second, the second two people stopped paying attention to him, he rose to the occasion like, okay, I exist beyond the national Enquirer. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I think the Yankees really like missed an opportunity to like hire him as their bat boy. You know, Absolutely. I mean that that's what I would have done. But. I know he got some overtures from the Mets, but he was like, "You're the fucking Mets, no thank you." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. like it's either first place or no place. Yeah, thank, thank you. Yeah. No, Daryl Strawberry's gone. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm yeah, okay. I've come good over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Connecticut. So, who is your first celebrity crush? Oh man, um, my first celebrity crush was Daphne, wasn't it? Daphne, but you know what? She was she was up there, but I love Daphne. Uh, but my my first, my very first celebrity crush that I remember, remember being a little boy and being enamored was the waitress in Muppets Take Manhattan. Um, if you remember this one, <laughs> pull out the phone. Yeah, Keep pull talking. pull it up. Um, I don't even. I don't. I really. Don't and I, I don't know what else she's done. Muppets take Manhattan. There's a Google link. Her name was Jenny. Yeah, Jenny. Jenny. Yeah, oh let's God. see here. Um, Jenny was – who played her? Uh, yeah, that's the thing is I don't, I don't know. I don't know who played her. Um, I just remember she was this brunette in this blue uh, – Juliana blue Donald. There you go. Juliana Donald. Oh, dang. You should see the pic that we got with her now. Nice headshot, Juliana. No, thank oh, are you. you on IMDb? Yeah. Oh, I'll look that up. I got you right here. Oh, hey. Yeah. Wow. Adult fillers. Yeah. Hell yeah. 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 yeah let's do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, so, so her and also um, Queen Frostine from uh, Candyland. That was another one. Queen Frostine from Candyland? Yeah, the board game. <laughs> 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 I'm not laughing at your kink. I'm just saying that's that was a deep. I did not anticipate that as being an answer ever. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> well, it is one, baby. Oh, what man. was it about the uh, the the two dimensional character on the board? You know, it's just like everybody else was like a clown, or there was some chocolate monster, and here she was at the top of the board. Uh, if memory serves, she was close to like the finish, like the finish line, and there she was with her like her strapless dress. And with her flowing silver hair on this mountain of candy, and I was just like, you know, four years old, and just like, yeah, that's that's what I want. First, that's, first you win the game, then you yeah. get the candy, then you get the women. Exactly. Yeah. A great metaphor for life, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite word? My favorite word. Um, it's kind of weird, but my favorite, okay, so I think my favorite word is honestly hydrated because I've spent so much of my life with uh, the kidney stone problem yeah. and, and, I've, and that's always a result of being dehydrated. So when I hear the word hydrated, I think of like relief and I think of, like, oh, yeah, like I don't have like those. So they, it is directly related to other aspects of my life, but it's just like, it's such a word of relief for me that i'm like yeah i'm, I'm hydrated so yeah do, do you have a bottle of water next to you right now 
I don't, but I really should get one. I, I, I specifically didn't have one because I knew I was doing this with you and I didn't want to be constantly uh, just like having to urinate so badly. So, uh, rest assured though, after this, I will down three glasses of water. I appreciate that you are, that you're taking care of yourself. Um, it is very good to stay hydrated. It is very good. Stay yeah. hydrated, my friend. You got to stay on top of that. Folks at home, that should be your ghost light. Stay hydrated. Stay hydrated. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but that's a perfect segue. Bill Dennison, what would be the ghost light you wish was left on for you that you'd offer to the next generation? I would say um, you are capable of more than you may think you're capable of. Um, there now, having said that, there are a lot of you know, maybe perhaps narcissistic people out there. But with, without without going down that cynical avenue, I want to say um, I wish that someone had told me you know that like you you are you are capable of more than you may think you are that you think you are. So um, go for it. Just just go for it and don't give up because it will. Uh, you know the, the the it's gonna be a tough road, but it will happen for you. It will yes. happen for you. So, yes. yeah. So just don't don't doubt yourself. Don't doubt yourself because the world is gonna do that for you. Mm-hmm. So don't worry about that. That's a great message. Thank let you. let other people let let other people carry the doubt. You you got work to do. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Bravo. Yes. Well, Dennison, thank you so much for being our guest today. Sam, thank you for having me. This was a blast. I really, thank you. Yeah, man. It's been a pleasure just to get to know you over the last couple of months. And it's nice to, you know, we hang out at the end of our shows together and sometimes, you know, karaoke, obviously, but it's to sit down and have a one-on-one conversation outside of Dan's interruptions. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's like a one, it's like we have a little, we have a, a chaperone. Um, yeah, no, it's probably for the best that I've got Dan in my corner, just like, hey, Sam, don't be stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, yeah I agree, though. Sam, don't be stupid. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree that it's been nice to sit down and have yeah. a one-on-one with you because I, you know, I, I, I love hanging out with you guys and, and all of that, but it's just nice to, you know, some Sam and Bill time. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Who doesn't love that? Um, before we sign off today, um, I just wanted to talk to my ghosties at home. I usually try and keep my political opinions to myself, but obviously I've been kind of bad at that with uh, me skipping number 45 in my list of podcasts. Um, I don't like that guy. Don't like him at all. And uh, I just want to be, I just want to remind you of a person's name so we don't forget it. George Floyd. The check he was about to write was not going to go bad. He did not deserve to die in the street. He did not deserve to die at the hands of people that are supposed to be protecting him. And the fact that there are other cops turning their back to it while it continues makes it even harder to swallow. But then again, it seems to be the norm. LeBron James posted a meme last night that I really liked. I wish I could steal it, post it up for myself. I'll try and find it of side-by-side shots with the words above it that said, this is why picture of George being pinned down and then a picture of Colin Kaepernick on a knee. As a Native American, also Irish, I'm able to play both sides of the field and uh, that's been beneficial and sometimes it's also been a curse. Um, Not always allowed to play in one specific group's reindeer games, but uh, I, I also know what it's like to kind of be ignored and to have windows and doors closed on me because I'm bigger and I've got longer hair and I don't like to shave. So while my struggles pale in comparison, I want to let my African-American, Black, Asian, Latino, transgendered, homosexual listeners know that I've got your back. I will not forget your names. We will not forget George Floyd. Dan, do the damn thing.